I had ever been. No hero weight. Only battle I seen. We was in retreat. My fur got shot off by one of my own men. You try telling that story to your boy. See how he looks at you then. What is up and welcome back to another episode of Rotten Potatoes, the podcast where four friends sit around and review movies that you absolutely should have seen already, but at least one of us hasn't. My name's Tyler and I'm here with three of my best friends. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves? My name's Scott. My name is Jake. My name is Zach. That is the cleanest that we've gotten through introductions Crushed in a it. long time. That was way better than Zach's episode. Yeah, Zach. That wasn't my fault. You guys screwed that up. <laughs> you called us guests. <laughs> yeah. You're the guest. I'm tired of being the guest. <laughs> I, I was the host. On my episode, I get to be the host. That's fair. Thank you. <laughs> Should I start doing that listing like the host and then the three guests on every episode. <laughs> I like that. You know what I appreciate about Tyler's intros is he's the only one that never insults any of us, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I insult you guys? All the time. All the time. Regularly. Yeah. <laughs> Even it's, outside it's of the episode. In our episode that you don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Scott doesn't think about us. <laughs> well, we are reviewing uh, a a really fun movie, a really fun remake, actually. Yeah. 310 to Yuma. We all know how Jake loves remakes. And how much he loves Westerns, though. I'm not, honestly, I'm not One anti untrue. remake all the time, you know? Yeah. But, uh, okay, yeah. another, like, remake into a Western. Uh, what do you think about uh, The Magnificent Seven? I thought the, the Magnificent Seven remake was really fun. I Scott and I saw that in a theater. I don't remember Near you. why. Uh, and I, I had a good time. I had a, a really good time. Yeah. So see Scott, sometimes he a, likes them. That one's a remake of a remake. Yeah. I think the, the Magnificent Seven was an adaptation or like a, yes. a, a yeah. modification of Seven Samurai. Yes. Yeah. Um, Adaptations. Are yeah. Good, good word. So choice. it's a remake of an adaptation. But the Denzel version, is that the definitive but version so is this. for you? I would say that the, the old Magnificent Seven is the still the definitive for That's me. your favorite one. Yeah. So what is, is this an adaptation of? This is also a remake of an adaptation. Uh, so the movie, the old 310 to Yuma, uh, made by Columbia Pictures, was an adaptation of a novella. <clears throat> I hadn't seen the old one or the new one before this. Okay. I think kind of helps me. I think going into a remake, that sometimes can help me because, like, honestly, for me, a lot of the times it's the first thing I saw and right. that's, that is the, the definitive it's gospel. Version. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like Jeff Bridges? I do like Jeff Bridges. You might like the old one. Uh, what? The <laughs> old, which one of this? Yeah. 310. Isn't he in the original 310? No. no. Oh, <laughs> I, I think you're like, thinking of you're the, thinking remake the remake of, of True Grit. Oh, that's yeah. what I am. Thinking. <laughs> I, thought, in the new one. I thought yeah. that's why you were saying this. <laughs> do you like Jeff Bridges and Matt Damon? <laughs> I, I do. <laughs> well, then you might like the 1950s Ted Yuma. <laughs> like, was Jeff Bridges acting back then? <laughs> I think Jeff oh, Bridges yeah. was a child back then. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was the son. You may really like Harrison Ford in Frequency. He's <laughs> really good at that. I, I heard that he crushed it in frequency doing really great things in baseball movies yeah. like yeah. the rookie yeah. he was the frequency yeah. uh, he's the frequency i'm on <laughs> i like that uh but yeah i picked this movie uh mostly because uh we've had a we've had a, i think a really fun time being hit or miss with our overall anticipation of westerns um some modern or neo westerns haven't done as well and I wanted to give it another shot with a with a modern Western for us to to go through and, and see what everybody thinks. What is happening? I don't know. I just looked up and Zach was laughing. I, just, I, I had the thought, like, do do we do we anticipate a Western is going to be worse if Jake picks it versus if Tyler picks it? I think the assumption is that if I pick it, it's going to be worse. I thought the assumption oh, thought for these be two would that it would be better. No. Yeah, I'm trying to think. My assumption is that any, I would like a Tyler Western more. Have you picked a Western before this? Yes. What did you pick? Open Range. No, oh, I picked Scott Open picked Range. Oh, you picked Open you Range. You picked uh, No Country. I which yeah. is a neo western, yeah, which is our but favorite. That's, that's a that's a, a top ten. Movie and I for us. I definitely picked a western last season. Did like you a, pick like a proper western? I picked Tombstone. Did you pick my cousin Vinny? <laughs> yeah. Did you pick the Clint Eastwood and Morgan Freeman one? 
Yeah, no, I picked that one. You picked that one. What's I don't think any, uh, Unforgiven. I don't think anybody's nominated a Clint Eastwood movie but me. Maybe I didn't. No, you have. Oh, yeah. Million, Million Dollar Baby. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I didn't nominate Legends a Western. Of the Fall. Well, it's not a Western. Maybe I didn't nominate a Western last year, but I think I had one slated and then pulled it. Okay. But uh, anyway, I've I taken your this. notes. Okay? Yeah. No, I've got better Westerns now. I, I know. You're doing Footloose great. Footloose is kind of a Western. <laughs> you're doing great, Jake. I think I have. Now I gotta cut loose. I guess I'm right. I'm super <laughs> impressed. <laughs> I guess right. I was like, I'm pretty sure it's still on here. What is that? That's a. That, that's been on there for two years and you nailed it <laughs> i haven't we haven't used that button since i took control from tyler that's true yeah. since uh the day after my birthday uh in yeah 2020 yeah when i had to watch footloose on my birthday and hate it oh. <laughs> well i picked this because i was excited for us to do uh a modern day made western uh and you know i saw this years ago uh, when it came out, I was, you know, 17 at the time and loved it in theaters and ha I don't think I've really seen it a lot since then. Uh, a lot of movies I watch over and over and over again, and this, I might've only seen one or two other times before enough to really remember the plot, but not remember a lot of the characters. And, uh, so I'm excited to hear what you guys think about it, but what did you think rewatching it? Uh, before I get into that, Scott, why don't you hit us with a little bit of just the facts about this movie? Yeah, sure. Uh, this was directed by James Mangold. It was written by Halstead Wellis and Michael Brandt and Derek Haas. Uh, it released September 7th, 2007, has a runtime of 122 minutes. Rotten Tomatoes gave it an 89%. IMDb gave it a 7.7. .7. Had a $71 million box office on a $55 million budget. So not a super great ROI, but at least it did make money. Didn't win any awards, but it was nominated for Best Score and Best Sound Mix. Nice. Uh, I, who, uh, I'll, I'll answer your question, Jake, but who all was late bloomers to this? I think just Jake. Oh, I haven't seen him. Okay. Uh, I really liked it watching it again this time. I probably liked it less than I remember liking it by a little bit. Um, but I, I still thoroughly enjoyed it. I think it's hilarious to me that we have like a British and Australian actor that made me a little bit mad when i was watching it that, i was thinking about it that like i feel like kind of crushed the american west like yeah. you don't think they did oh, I, I think they did oh and it, yeah it, it, i'm saying it made me mad it made you i mad, watched yeah. it i was like why let's get some americans in yeah here, guys. i kind of <laughs> loved that that happened i didn't even think about it consciously until like pretty much the end of the movie i was like oh my gosh both of them have accents in real life mm -hmm. you know like that's so funny um but yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, Scott, you had seen this before. Yeah, I did. Um, and I would say I definitely liked it more this time than I did last time. When I watched it last time, I watched it pretty much when it came out. So I was around 17. Um, and at the time, I probably just had a less refined palette for movies not going how I wanted them to go. And I hated that the main character died at the end. And so it kind of ruined the movie for me a little bit. Mm. Like I remember with like thinking it was like a fun movie, but I was like, but he died. So like, what's the point of this? Like not realizing that there's more to a movie than just the main character winning at everything that they do. Um, and so I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I think Christian Bale is fantastic. I think um, Maximus Decimus Meridius is great. Um, Harrison Ford, Harrison Ford, <laughs> uh, uh, I was very entertained. <laughs> is this what you came for? This is exactly what I came. I loved it. I thought they did great. I also think the secondary character, like the the leader of the gang, like his number two, Ben Foster. Oh my god, um, did excellent. Like he was someone that I loved hating. Um, he was so like evil and maniacal, and like gave me shrills. Like he is one of the scarier characters I think we've seen in a movie in a while uh, on our pod. Um, so I, I thought it was just executed. Great. Cinematography was great. Score was great. Lighting was great. This is going to get a pretty high rating for me. Actually. I would also argue that, uh, Christian Bale, I forget his name in the movie, Dan, I would argue that he wins uh, pretty big time, honestly, even though he dies. Yeah. I think that that he is redeemed personally yeah. to his son. I, I think he's redeemed to his son and in probably an even bigger way than if he didn't die. Yeah. Like, yeah, he gave I, his life for this cause. Yeah. Yeah. Zach, you had seen this before, and I remember like us talking about this 
uh, early in our friendship as this being a movie that you really liked a lot. Yeah. What I, did you think watching it back this time? Um, similarly to you, uh, probably a little bit less than I did back in the day. Uh, this was a movie that my dad really liked back when it came out. And so he would watch it a lot. And then my brother and I would watch it with him. And so it's, you know, it's fun to watch a Western with your dad. Um, it's like the first Western I had probably ever seen. Um, and I remember like as a, I don't know, preteen kid thinking this movie was really cool. This was like around, I think this must've been after Batman Begins, but before Dark Knight, where uh, I watched Batman Begins and loved Christian Bale, and so he just thought he was the best actor of all time, and then this came out and was like, oh my gosh, like this confirms it. He's the best back actor of all time. Um, so I, I loved it when I was younger, and I still really like it. I think that it holds up. Um, I don't know if I liked it as much as I did back then, but overall, I, I have a really good time with it. I think Russell Crowe's good. I think James Mangold is a solid director, and he's gone on to make some some good movies. I'm excited to see him do Dial of Destiny. Oh, in, yeah. Indiana Jones. The new Indy, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's what it's called? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Dial of Destiny. Yeah, it's about sundials. It's a pretty dumb name. <laughs> uh, Honestly, it just sounds like you're saying, I love Destiny, but you have like a lisp. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. You should say it again. I love Destiny. Yeah. Dude, I'll be honest. I think he's a Dial of Destiny the first time. Did you not say I that? I did say <laughs> Dial of Destiny. That's the movie Dial of Destiny. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> How much Dial do you of love Destiny, it, though? Uh, well, I haven't a... seen it. Wait, it's not out yet? But I do already love it. Is okay. Dial of Destiny better or worse than Isle of Destiny for you guys? What's Isle of Destiny? Probably worse. Wait, hold on. It's called Dial or Isle? I'm it's called it. Dial with a D. <laughs> okay. Dial. Okay. Yeah, Dial's dumb. Yeah. Isle would be slightly better. Maybe cool. Yeah. Is it but Isle like A-I-S-L-E or I-S-L-E? Oh, I, I, I assumed I-S-L-E. <laughs> that, that's I, what I assumed. Me too. I like me AI. <laughs> but yeah. AI like just in a supermarket. That's yeah. a little, it's still better than Dial, but worse than I-S-L-E. This is uh, the official beginning of a petition to get Isle of Destiny uh, created as a short. I feel like Isle of Destiny, A-I-S-L-E, yeah. uh, is like an Adam Sandler movie. Mm. Not really a, a like mangle He finds movie. a magic tuna can and like... Exactly, yeah. <laughs> that honestly sounds like something is Adam Sandler would transported, be in. <laughs> is transported to the island it of Hawaii. Like yeah. within the click universe. Where, or he, yeah, yeah. where he falls in love with Jennifer Aniston. Uh -huh. And, yeah. you know... Yeah, that's the craziest thing about every Adam Sandler movie to me is that he's he's pulling all the hot chicks. Yeah. I'm like, come on, man. Hot chicks like funny guys. But Adam Sandler? <laughs> he's, well, I mean... I was going to say he's funny, he but said I don't know funny. if I, funny? I don't know yeah. if I think that yeah. funny right. guy can mean a lot of things. It's true. Yeah. Jake, uh, you were a late bloomer to this. what do you think? I was expecting to like this and I did like it. Like, you know, like Christian Bale, Russell Crowe, a Western, uh, really what more can he ask for? I was a little bit nervous cause I feel like two thousands Westerns. I don't like a lot of them. I think now like in the, 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 the 2010s and the 2020s, I think we're getting some better ones and maybe, I don't know. If, I don't know if it's like a revival, but we're we're seeing a few more that that I like more. But <clears throat> I enjoyed this movie, uh, and it's probably something I'll go back to and watch again several more times. I I liked it a lot. I don't know that I have any more for my initial takes. I just I liked it. Good time. I want to go back, Scott, to something that you said because uh, uh -huh. I've been wanting to talk about this uh, l literally since I picked it. Uh, ben Foster. Oh yeah, freaking kills this role. Yep. And like he's really honestly, like as I think about it, just such an underrated actor. That's that's Charlie, right? Charlie. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like he is in like he's not in a lot of movies and he's rarely ever the leading man, but he always delivers. And he has such a wide range, and his like villainy is so so real mm -hmm. feeling in this like you're right he, like he's the most evil character we've seen in a long time but it feels honest like yeah, it feels it, like that's part of why he's scary it's yeah like, oh i could see him being real right mm -hmm. yeah like he feels like a real person in this period and i loved his not only his like uh villainy um but he like really bought in uh to um boss i forget his his name well that's part of ben. why he, yeah. he buys into ben's 
like loyalty so much that when he shoots him at the end, like he goes to defend himself, but you know, Ben gets the draw on him and he looks so, um, still loyal, mm-hmm. like as he's dying, like he's still, he's still loyal to him. And like, that's such a compelling villain to me because it's, you know, like there's something to being truly evil, but still having some sort of code that you live by. Even it's a, if it's a very twisted code, like he's not an anarchist. It's not all about chaos. He's obsessed with order and structure. And, you know, when one of the other gang members, you know, kind of says, well, you know, Ben got himself arrested. Like, are we really going to go 80 miles back the other direction to save him? He like turns on that guy. Like he has so much loyalty toward Mm -hmm. Ben. And I, I think it's, it makes for such a compelling villain to me. Lawful evil on the on the D and D alignment chart. Oh, lawful evil. Yeah, got it. Got mm-hmm. it. I I use the D and D alignment chart to describe people a lot in my head. It kind of helps me. Ah, I'm not like, gonna lie. I didn't know that that was from D and D. I've seen that chart. Like everywhere. chaotic loving. Yeah, but I had like no idea good. that was from D and D. You have like good neutral. Yeah. Evil and then lawful chaotic neutral. Yeah. Like the yeah. I just didn't know it was from D and D. Yeah. Cool. So it was evil lawful. Where is do you find you yourself yeah. on the scale, Jake? Dude, I would like to say neutral good because that's the most good. Do you think Scott's the chaotic evil? I think Scott's chaotic. Scott is chaotic. No, evil. I think Scott's chaotic neutral. Mm. Oh, yeah. No, that's fair. Yeah, I won't say evil. But I think I think chaotic good. I might say chaotic evil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just out here doing all kinds of evil. Stuff. I'm basically the Joker. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> God. Kind of. Yeah, what what right, is, he would be you're, chaotic you're, evil, right? Yeah, you're the meme. You're yeah. the 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 four chan guy who's basically the Joker. I Wait, what? Lost all of us. Nah, never mind. <laughs> Jake and Zach, what do you guys think about uh, Ben Foster in this role and maybe his character, Charlie? I Charlie Prince thought he did very good. I was very afraid of him, mm-hmm. uh, but I didn't like you were saying. It felt very believable. Like I feel like. I don't know. I'm trying to like, like I, I feel like maybe like it would have been maybe hard to buy somebody to be like, Oh, the boss, we're going to, we're going to all die to go save the boss. But I don't know. I feel like he, he sold it to me and mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't mm-hmm. question it, you know? So I thought he was very good. He was very scary. You know, like he was the, the best shot um, and he was the quickest and I was very afraid of him. Mm-hmm. I thought it was super interesting too, that it was then his, dis- the boss's decision uh, to kill him at the end. Like, I think in that moment he felt like he was like loyal and ferocious to a fault. Like yeah. too, he was too, like if he let him go this time, there was going to be no stopping him essentially like from what was, whatever would be next. And so he was like, I have to do this in a, in an interview about the, about the movie, Russell Crowe said that he, um, from the get go really felt like that ending made so much sense to him because he felt like his character, Ben, uh, in order to keep a gang like this going for so long and have no one try and usurp him that he probably every couple of years just killed them all and started over. Mm. And like that, this was like the third iteration of the gang and you know, it had grown outside of his control. Like he recognized they had grown outside of his control and he just decided to clean house and start over. I feel like that thought kind of, helps me overcome i i feel like i didn't buy the ending a little bit uh, and i i kind of looked past it and i was like, i still liked the movie but i don't know that i bought his like uh his motivation for yeah doing that. for like killing them all and turning himself in right but i feel like that that explanation of it kind of helps me overcome that yeah it's almost like for him as a character it's almost like the like He's reached the end of the game and now he's just starting over to play again. Uh Like, you know, even saying like, I've broken out of prison. I've broken out of Yuma prison three times now or two times now. Uh It, you know, it probably is like, that's what triggers him. Like he's going back to his respawn point basically, you Uh know, like that's kind of like his motivation to it is it's like, okay, time to clean the slate, go back to where it always starts for me, breaking out of Yuma prison. And it's like replaying a video game for him, you know? Well, and I kind of separate those two things. Like the killing of his 
his uh, squad and then turning himself in were like with separate motivations. I feel like sure. Like I feel like what we just talked about was like yeah, turning over the squad. Maybe he felt like it was at the point where he couldn't control it anymore. But the turning it in was solely for uh, Christian Bale's character and for the son and for view the son of, yeah. of the of the dad. So like I think either way he probably would have tried to turn himself in but the only way he could have done that as well was to kill like they wouldn't have let him turn himself in yeah but like still like you know so say you meet a guy and you want to help him look good to his son uh and then a bunch of guys like help you uh get out but you still want to help this guy look good to his son would you murder all your friends who did all that for you you know, like well, it, it if I was already a murderer yeah, and a scoundrel <laughs> and wasn't honestly super attached to these guys and this person finally shared something super compelling with me and I felt drawn to him, I might, yeah. Yeah, because that's what uh like Because he I was mean, about to kill him. Well, and I really believed, truly, I really believed what he said to the son. <coughs> Sorry, what he said to the son in the hotel room, not twenty minutes before. When the son's like, I've seen you, you're, you're not all bad. And he says, I promise you, I am like, you can't run a gang like this and not be as evil as, as hell. Uh And, uh, like I, I really believed him in that moment. I think he really is truly evil. And I believed him when he said, you know, if I had a gun in those tunnels, I would have used it to kill you kid. Like I, I kind of believe him. Like he doesn't kill needlessly, but anyone who stands in his way or that he just doesn't totally like is dead. Like he stabbed that one guy with a fork to death just for being, I don't know, annoying. Yeah. I mean, that guy was like, I mean, I I guess it was a little more than annoying and like to, to an evil guy. I could see it like, you know, like this guy is like provoking him specifically. Right. Right. You know, and like talking about his mother or whatever. So no, I'm no, like, no. It was a different person, but yeah, it was. He the old guy he killed, like in blind yeah. rage for talking yeah. about his mother. Yeah, you're right. He tackled him off the horse, and he was like, "Even bad and, men care about their mamas," and then throws him off the cliff. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, yeah, I mean, like, and it makes sense. Like, if he can kill somebody, it's gonna help him. So, like, yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I like that. Like, it was an evil move, but it didn't feel like I don't know like totally like killing that guy was like, it was in his best interest still. That, and yeah, I think, I think I agree with you. I think, I think that's what I mean. Like, I don't think he kills wantonly. Like I think Charlie kills wantonly. Mm-hmm. Like I think Charlie likes killing people. Yeah. I think Ben uh, only kills people that he needs to kill, but just doesn't care about it. Like feels no emotion yeah. over it. I was trying to get a read on how Ben, saw himself because in a way I felt like he almost saw himself as a Robin hood type guy mm-hmm. where he was like paying him for his horses and like the, or the like dead cattle or whatever. Uh, but then he I also seemed to see himself as completely evil. And I don't think that like, I don't know. I, I was trying to gel those. They're not necessarily out. congruous. Yeah. 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 I was trying to figure out how he saw himself and what he, or like who he thought he was. Yeah. I mean, he's a fascinating character for oh. sure. Yeah, I think he's super, like, gray. I don't think he has as much of a hard, strict, like, moral code. Whereas I think uh, Charlie has a very strict moral code. It's just not a good one. Yeah. And so it's kind of hard to predict what Ben's going to do. It's pretty easy to predict what Charlie's going to do. Mm-hmm. Zach, you've been quiet for a little bit. Uh, I also liked Ben Foster in this movie. <laughs> um, liked him a lot. The first time I saw this movie is my favorite character. I really? Think, well, I mean, as a kid, because he's like the most animated and like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he does the most shooting. Know. He's the most vibrant. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Vibrant character for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I still like him a lot. I remember thinking like this guy, Ben Foster, this guy's going to be like the next big thing. Like he's going to start getting booked in some big roles. And that just like didn't really happen. I think that's pretty funny that you thought that as a kid. Why? That's just not a thought I ever would have had as a, like thinking, <laughs> oh, wow, this actor, this guy, he's the thing. He's going to be in everything. I, I, I bought a lot of Ben Foster stock. Yeah, I, for, I went out to watch a pretty bad Dennis Quaid movie that he was in. Yeah. Frequency. <laughs> it wasn't Frequency. Uh, Is Pandorum, I think? I Can't know. believe that that didn't come up when we were talking about Dennis Quaid last week. <laughs> I forgot he was in it. 
Um, till <laughs> til we started talking about Ben Foster. But like, I feel like when I watched a movie, like I wasn't like, man, Mark Hamill was awesome. I was like, dude, Luke Skywalker, that guy's awesome. And I wasn't thinking like Mark Hamill's going to have a great career. I guess that's a bad example because I mean, that was 40 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, back when you watched Star Wars for the first time yeah. in theaters. When I, uh, but like, I'm trying to think, but like something like I would just, I it's mean, a funny thought. I, yeah, no, like it, that, I guess that is funny. And it's really true. Cause like I said, like I watched Batman Begins and I was like, Christian Bale, he's awesome. I'm going to start watching on the movies he's in, you know? And so I, I went back and watched Rain of Fire, which was a terrible movie he was in. It, it just, it feels like a, like a surprisingly, like, I don't know if it's a mature thought, but like an adult thought. I think just like it, I, film was something that I was interested in back uh -huh. then, you know? So like I started to pay attention to directors and I started to pay attention to different actors and whatnot. Um, but Ben Foster, I think he does really well in a Western. Um, mm -hmm. He was in. Hell or, high, Hell or water, high Water, which yeah. was another neo-Western that I really liked yeah. quite a bit. And Galveston was a little bit of a neo-Western, too. I never saw that one. He was also in another Western with Christian Bale, Hostels, which I yeah. have not watched yet, but it's on my list. I've been meaning to watch it. Yeah. I've been following Ben Foster since uh, 2002. I was 12, and I saw a movie called Big Trouble starring um, Tim. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> Uh, Tim Roth, Tim, Old the tool man, Taylor. Tim. Oh, Tim Allen? Allen, Allen, Tim Allen, starring Tim Allen. Can we get the grunt in here, please? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, and I, you know, he was a kid at the time. He was a teenager and I really liked him in that. Like it was just a dumb, funny sort of like, a, you know, uh, comedy. It was a comedy of errors. The movie was a comedy of errors. And I thought he was hilarious in it. Mm. And I everything that's come out that he like is in it, I've always gone out of my way to watch it because I really like him a lot. Uh, but he always books like smaller roles. But I think I, I'm I'm guessing it's like by design, like by choice, like because it ha it has to be like he would have been. I'm sure someone with with his filmography, someone's offered him a leading role in something, and you know. Just doesn't think he can carry it, carry the film. Yeah, maybe not can, or maybe just doesn't want to have to. Uh -huh. You know, like there's like there is something to being a supporting role where you do have a lot more like freedom to be able to like make some decisions. You know, because like the the leading man or woman is usually really on the page. And the writer and director are going to be very accurate to that. But with supporting roles, they give you a lot more like leeway to kind of find the character yourself. Uh -huh. um, typically, not all directors and not all writers, but that's kind of the 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 typical story. Um, and so maybe he just prefers that to like find his own way to to a character. He was recently in. Uh, I don't know if you guys have watched it, Emancipation. I haven't seen it yet, but I knew he was in it. Yeah. yeah, he's the main bad guy in Emancipation, and it was really good. I'll be honest. Uh, I feel like I'm having a hard time watching Will Smith stuff after the the Chris Rock slap. I just, really? I, I can't look at him the yeah. same. I'm a little, I'm a little the same way. Uh, I think I, I am even, too. I don't even think about it. Um, ben Foster was also in a movie, a recent movie that I had a good time with called Hustle. Adam Sandler movie. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed him in that. And Adam Sandler gets with Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> Different. No. That's it's, after the magic tuna. It's more the uncut gems era of Adam Sandler. Okay. Not so much the early 2000s. You, you know, know, I still have not seen uncut gems and I know that it's good. I know everybody says it's great, but I, I liked it a lot. I haven't I, seen I, it either. I mean, I wouldn't, I don't think I've ever recommended it to anybody like, oh my God, you have to see this, but I enjoyed it. At this point, Jake, let's just wait three more years and then do it on the pod. All right. I'm down. That sounds fair. Oh. <laughs> um, what did you guys think about uh, little baby boy Logan Lerman in this? Oh, he made me so mad. The whole really? Time. Okay, tell me why. It's just like, like, I guess, I don't know. I, I, I couldn't get behind his hatred of his father and his blatant disrespect and like disobedience. And it's like, I don't know. I guess because I feel like I felt so much for Christian Bale. Uh, it was so hard for me to be like, I like, I just didn't feel like he deserved this from his son. Like I get that. Like even by the end when Christian Bale explains it, 
Uh, by the uh, by the end when Logan Lurgan Logan Lerman comes around, is that what you're saying? No, no, no. When Christian Bale explains, uh, you try telling you know this story to your son and see how he looks at you. Then I don't think he had ever told him. I, I took that as he never had told him that story. No, he did tell him that story. Okay, I that's didn't... why his son the entire time you're like, why is one son like talking about him like he's a hero and the other son not? And you get to the end and you find out like. Oh, he decided to tell his oldest son the truth about his war injury and his son has, you know, up until that point not respected him and that's his core motivation for wanting to to do this is because he wants to he wants to redeem himself in his son's eyes. I had like read that a little differently. I had thought that he personally was ashamed of it and that he wanted and he knew that his son didn't think well of him because of their station and their status in life and that he wanted a story he like his son could tell or he could tell to his son. But I had not, I had thought that he hadn't told him. That was my read too, actually, but I, I'd need to go back and rewatch it. Yeah. Yeah. I took it the way Tyler did. I would say watch that scene again, that dialogue. But Uh, I think like what I took away from that dialogue was, Oh, that's why he's such a little punk to his dad is because his dad told him and, and like, we could I, listen to it again. It was our opening dialogue. Was it? Yeah, it that's was. what we did. Um, it, play it play it back, right, right back one time. Missionary, please. When, oh, that was the wrong it. movie. Hold on. I had never been no hero weight. Only battle I seen. We was in retreat. My fur got shot off by one of my own men. You tried telling that story to your boy. I don't feel like I've changed my opinion, but I feel like I can see why you read it that way. I feel like it's inconclusive. Yeah. But I, yeah, he had like just upset me the whole movie. uh, Most of the time. And like, I felt like he was supposed to upset me the whole movie. And then we were, you know, like he was going to come around. He was was an annoying kid. And I think Logan Lerman did a, a good job. In that role. Yeah. I, I, he does yeah. great at that every movie he's in. Always being an annoying kid. Yeah. The hateable kid. <laughs> what else? Everything. I Percy think, Jackson. No, I'm just haven't seen <laughs> I didn't think he was hateable in, in Wallflower. No. I honestly don't remember his When he played in D'Artagnan in we Three watched, Musketeers. We for the pod. No, I remember watching the movie. Which role? Was he the main character? He's, he's the, the main character. character. It's so David Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he, th- he was in a movie a little while ago called stuck in love that I'm obsessed with. I uh, it's a like total B movie, uh, like romance. Is that with Nat Wolf, the naked brothers band kid? No, it's Greg Kinnear stars in it. I do like Greg Kinnear. I do too. I really like Greg Kinnear. Uh, but it's about like writers. It's a family of writers, which every time I watch it, like it actually inspires me to want to sit down and write something. So uh-huh. I kind of save watching it for when I feel like I want to write something, but I, I don't feel motivated or inspired. I'll watch that and then I'll sit down and write something. Now Wolf is in it. Oh, my bad. Don't you dare question But that. I don't remember Logan Lerman in that movie. He was the sister's boyfriend. It's been a while. I, I, I only remember Nat Wolf. Was he an annoying kid? I didn't know that I didn't know that this guy was in Naked Brothers band to be honest with you. He's one of the Naked Brothers. Interesting. Uh Logan, how clothed is he? I, I he's clothed the entire Zero percent. Zero percent clothed. On a scale of anime to a hundred. How close how, how like how much clothed closer to a hundred. <laughs> like like first episode of Dragon Ball Goku. <laughs> <laughs> um Logan I liked Logan Lerman in Fury. Oh, I liked him a ton in Fury. I still haven't too. seen Fury. I haven't seen Fury either. Ooh, that's I, getting close to qualifying. For I the uh, I think it already is. I think it was like 2017. I don't know. I was still in college when it came out. Was I? In, I was in college in 2017. Oof. All right. Um, but I remember I was in college in 2014. Oh wow. They were giving out free tickets to see an early screening of Fury, and I was like, oh, that sounds cool. And then it was a three-hour-long line to waiting for the tickets, and I was like, you know what? I don't need to see it that bad. And then I just never saw it. Mm. I've seen it a few times. I like it. I, I put it up there with, um, I frankly put it up there with Saving Private Ryan in terms of war movies. I remember you saying that and I yeah. remember thinking, I'm going to have to watch it because Tyler said that. And then I still never got around to it. I just can't, for some reason, can't get around to seeing it. Fury has uh, Shia LaBeouf in it, right? Yeah. yeah. I think he's the I had heard lead? negative things about 
Brad Pitt. Brad, him, oh, okay. in the movie at the time, and I just never got around to it. No, no, no. He was actually terrific in it. It was kind of the turn of the page for him, but before that, he had been a laughing stock for years. Mm. And so this was like, this turned the page because he did this, he did Honey Boy, he did, you know, a few other things that were like, oh man, no, like, he's a really serious actor, he's a really serious storyteller, Um yeah, I thought he was terrific. And uh, he actually is probably my favorite part of Fury. Mm. So he like, he fell off after even Stevens and then came back with Fury. Is yeah, that what telling me? that's what I'm Brad saying. Brad Pitt's in Fury too, right? Yeah, Brad Pitt's the lead. Scott really does not listen to Yeah, us. we just said that. Oh, I was, no, I was looking at this. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. I'm the first to admit it. <laughs> uh no, I, I really liked Logan Lerman in this movie. I thought, you know, frankly, like trying to play with guys like uh, um, Fonda and Bale and Crow and even Alan Tudyk, you know, like these are all extremely seasoned professionals. And to be that young and to like hold screen time well with them is impressive to me. Uh, yeah, me not liking the character is not me not liking totally. Norman. Yeah, I know. I, I the character made me mad, but I think he did exactly what he set out to do and what he's supposed to. Do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I hated the character. I'm sure he did a good job of delivering what he was supposed to. I'm curious now. Uh, I might have to have someone vamp about something. Oh, but... I got it. Um, so Shia LaBeouf. If there's ever a Post Malone biography movie. Uh, I think you think Shia, Shia should really. I think they look similar. I don't. I feel I, like I feel like you. Slap, other than him, white and with a beard, I don't. I feel like you slap some of Post Malone's tattoos, tattoos on him, and they're they could easily be. Shia first. LaBeouf doesn't look like he smells bad enough to be Post Malone. <laughs> <laughs> you think Shia LaBeouf looks worse than Post Malone? No, I think Shia LaBeouf looks better than Post uh, Malone. You think Post? You saying Post Malone looks like look, he look, smells worse? Yeah, he looks like Post Malone looks like he stinks. Uh. Shy would have to gain a little bit of weight. Yeah, yeah he would have to put on sure some pounds. He, yeah, which he I could, could do. see it. Yeah, yeah. He I just, seems like I he think he could do it. He could do it very well. Yeah. I would more rather. I more rather. I'd rather see the actual Cannibal Shia LaBeouf movie from the <laughs> from the song. <laughs> Cannibal Shia LaBeouf. Movie? We've it's watched a, this video together. It's a YouTube video from a long I don't time remember. Ago. All right. So I had Was to that look enough at vamping. Yeah, I had to look. I had to look it up. I got a calculator open. I know. I had to look it up <laughs> and do math that I didn't feel confident that I could be quick enough in order to jump back in if I needed to. Uh, but Logan Lerman was fifteen. Hmm. Wow. When when this movie released, so he was probably fourteen filming. So he's he was the age he was supposed to be. Yeah, I feel like that very rarely. Very happens. rarely. Yeah. Very rarely. And that was why I was like, I'm curious, like, was he really 17 or 18, like 19, maybe even No, he was actually the age of the character. I, I don't know much about actors, but I feel like me personally, if I had to act with Christian Bale as a 14 year old, I would be very afraid. Me too. You know, me too. And, and on screen with the terrifying villain that Ben Foster was playing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that would be. Like, not only just the acting, but it, it would just be intimidating. Even if you got into the role, it would be very intimidating. Is James Mangold an underrated director for us? Because what, I don't I, know I what else never, We've I never done good, it before. Well, sorry, I don't mean, like, historically for us, but I mean just, like, in, in America. Like, Can you give me some examples of what he's done? Oh, yeah, but hold on. I was going to say, like, I think a good director can provoke good performances from his actors and we're singing praises to 15 year old Logan Lerman and, and all these different performances that were in this movie that we're, we're really, really fond of. Um, and maybe we need to give James Mangold a little bit more recognition. He did, um, Ford V Ferrari, which yep. is a movie I really, really terrific. I, I loved it. that movie. He it did was lo- terrific. And he did Logan. Yeah. I really liked Logan, but he also did the Wolverine. So can't which, win them all. Yeah. was well, not as good. He did Girl Interrupted. I haven't seen it. Walk the Line. Yeah, Walk the Line. I think people liked that movie. Do you want to know what's crazy is on my way over here today, I've never seen Walk the Line. That's the Johnny Cash movie. I I was thinking about what a weird casting choice Joaquin Phoenix was to play Johnny Cash when I got in my car. That's funny. Today. And I don't know why, because I've never even seen that movie. Well, I'll tell you what. It actually makes sense if you watch it. Really? Like he, he pulls it off. Yeah, I, I was thinking, I was like, man, if you got me uh, every actor, I don't even think Joaquin Phoenix would 
be my top hundred to play Johnny Cash. Does that make more sense to you than um, Michael Shannon playing Elvis? Because that was something that I probably didn't know does make more sense today. to me. Yeah, but that that looked awful. Yeah, I didn't know about that movie until today, and I saw a still of Michael Shannon in the Elvis costume, and he looked terrible. I have a uh, an interesting Michael Shannon, st- not that interesting, but uh, funny Michael Shannon story. So you guys are familiar with the Giga Chad meme? Yes. yes. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, my somebody in my Dungeons and Dragons group was like, "Oh, I hate." Uh, the Giga Chad guy. And then we were like, who is your Giga Chad? And she said, the guy that played Elvis. And I was like, I couldn't think of anybody that has uh, farther from Giga Chad energy than what's his name? Michael Shannon. Oh, but she meant the new one. Is that not the new one? Which Elvis no. is she talking about? Well, what's the new one? Is this the first time that you're learning that there was an Elvis movie made last year starring Austin Butler that was nominated for Best That was Picture? the one I was thinking of, Austin Butler. Who's the other guy? Oh, Michael Shannon. What, what was the Michael other Shannon. Elvis movie? Michael Shannon is much older man. What was the other Elvis movie? It's called Elvis and Nixon starring Kevin Spacey and Elvis Michael Shannon. Elvis and Nixon? Yes. This is Michael Shannon. Oh, he also, he's probably worse. He's definitely not Giga Chad, but yeah. Austin Butler feels... Chadish to uh, me. No, I could also, see. I don't, got, I don't understand the question, who is your Giga Chad? What does that mean? Spacey she, just, she just didn't like it, the, the guy that is the, the Giga Chad guy. Austin Butler's the Giga Chad guy? No, no. Never mind. I, I don't even know that. what the Giga Chad <laughs> yeah, you, you, you don't know what you, so you Google Giga Chad and you see the big guy, the ripped guy with the huge chin <laughs> and the huge muscles. Google Giga Chad. Um, We'll but put, G- this, G- Giga Chad we'll put is, this on video. We'll yeah. put this search on video. <laughs> G- Giga Chad is like an idea as well as this guy, I would say. Uh, so like when you have your idea of Giga Chad, she said Austin Butler. Uh, and I. So when she thinks of Austin Butler, this is what she thinks of. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I was. Shocked. I want to be Giga Chad. Yeah. Can you Google Michael Shannon Elvis? <laughs> <laughs> also, I don't. I still don't understand the connection to Giga Chad and Austin Butler. That was where she's like, I don't like to look at that guy. Like that guy is not the embodiment of the idea of what a Giga Chad is to me. Oh, so he's like the anti Giga Chad to, to me. No, oh, to, you said that. I yeah. So to you her. hate Austin Butler? No, I just, just don't think it's Giga Chad energy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. I have no feelings either way about Austin Butler. Oof. <laughs> that's worse. <laughs> no, that's that's so much bad. worse. So bad. Austin Butler was a much more flattering Elvis. Austin, I thought Austin Butler was good in Elvis. I think so. I too. thought he was a good Elvis. I haven't seen it, but uh, I didn't he think looks. It was, I didn't think it was a great movie, but I thought Austin Butler was very good in it. Do you know what? Honestly. Maybe I just think Elvis looks weird. How do you guys feel about he that? Did. There's a yeah. scientific explanation for why Austin Butler still talks like Elvis. I'd like to hear it because I haven't heard a compelling reason why he's still talking like Elvis. <laughs> I, I'll be honest. I didn't know he was still talking like Elvis. Yeah, it's pretty annoying. <laughs> do you want me to read this article while no. you guys keep talking? No, <laughs> no. we'd rather not. Uh, what uh, What about the just overall story? Like Jake, you had kind of mentioned that, you know, uh, you. I think you had mentioned that you didn't maybe particularly buy the ending. Yeah. I think like it didn't necessarily bother me. Like I liked the movie still that ending point. I was like, well, that's weird. Like, I don't know that I buy it, but I'm going to put it aside. And I still like the movie. But now that we heard what Russell Crowe said, I think I buy the ending even now. more. Yeah. And so I think I like the movie even better. That's good. I, I love the ending. I, yeah, I, I really love, I love the ending. I love the moment, or I guess I love the moment in between Russell Crowe uh, or Ben strangling Dan and then like them escaping together kind of a thing from that point on. Wait, sorry, which? Like when Ben strangles Ben is Dan Russell Crowe from Dan our, our opening oh, ben, soundbite. Ben Russell Crowe, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was thinking Ben Foster. Yeah, 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 I'm sorry. Strangles yeah. Dan, and then from that point on, they're escaping together. Like that whole like running across the rooftop sequence, yes. I am so invested in the movie at that point and several other points, but like that scene in particular is like my favorite scene in the whole movie. Yeah, and like I guess I shouldn't say like it was, it was like, it was an ending that like 
Like almost like you think like, oh, it would have been cool if that happened, but sure. I don't think it would have happened. Right. You know? Right. So like it's not to say I didn't like that that happened. Yeah. Yeah. It just didn't feel like what I thought would have happened. Right. You know? Right. Totally. totally. I, I liked that a lot. And I, I think, you know, plenty of movies have fun action set pieces, but if you can make me emotionally invested in it, then uh, it's just so much more enjoyable. And I this movie gave me such a compelling reason to be emotionally invested in that part of the movie and so Mm -hmm. it's it's one of my favorite parts of this movie scott's story overall like you know you had kind of said that your palette has evolved you know a little bit over as you've gotten older yeah now i'm into like just much better things like too fast too furious (laughs) three fast three furious four fast four furious five fast five furious (laughs) six fast six furious and then not so much seven fast seven furious and then uh the furious seven yeah (laughs) and then the fate of the eight yeah yeah no, it's just <laughs> the fate of the eight is what we're going to call it. <laughs> is that not what it's called? It's called fate of the furious. <laughs> but it's like F8 eight. Eight yeah. of the furious. Yeah. But I like fate of the eight quite yeah, a bit. Fate of the eight. Uh, Sorry, what was your question? <laughs> you said that your, your palette's evolved a little bit more. What do you think overall of this story? Like the story structure of this movie? Yeah, I mean, I really like it. I was bought in in all in every act I was, I was bought in. Uh, and I th- feel like I was feeling exactly what the director wanted me to feel about each of the characters as like, he, he moved me along exactly how he wanted to. Like I'm, I must've been his like ideal audience member hmm. because I just bought into every single thing he threw at me with this movie. You know, it's kind of interesting. I agree. I, I love the story uh, on its head and it's kind of funny. I learned that the novel uh, or novella. It was only like, you know, 16 pages or something like that in its wow. original form. It was published in the 1950s and the author got paid like $500 for the, to, to, for the story to get published. They gave him the old recipe. Oh, he paid for the story to get no, published? No, 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 no. They paid okay. him $500 to publish the story. They gave him the old West pricing. That's right. And then, uh, Columbia pictures gave him four grand for the initial movie. Jeez. Yeah. So he like, and he went on, like he's a New York times bestselling author. Like he went on to make, you know, like he's, uh, I guess like one of the, like up there with Louis L'Amour and one of the great Western writers of, of America. Um, but, uh, you know, didn't make a lot of money off this, but I, I was listening to an interview with him and his book starts uh, when they get to contention. Really? Yeah. So his book like doesn't have any of the backstory of getting from Bixby to contention uh-huh. uh, and the character, you know, development along the way or anything about the railroad. I wonder how compelling that story was. I mean, it was compelling enough to get picked up as a movie the first time and get remade again. How, uh, like, you know, just on its nose. It has was, anybody seen the first one? The original? I haven't. I think I did, but now it's blurring together with something with Jeff Bridges. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love how they developed this story out, how they teased it out. Um, and it was interesting to me, the director, uh, Mangold was talking about how Westerns are Westerns and sci-fi are unique in that you can cover really heavy social topics and no one feels like they're getting slapped in the face with it because like, you know, it, it for him, he's like, we can in, we can introduce racism in America uh, and how that plays out. And we can also introduce like class societal structures, like, you know, poverty issues. Uh, and no one feels slapped in the face with a, uh, it's not a cause movie because it's a Western. It's fantastical. It's, you know, set in a world that I can't relate to in any way. Yeah. And I think like so much so that like, unless you really think about it, you wouldn't even necessarily think that you were being hit with a message. No, not at all. Not at all. It's weird. I've never thought about that before. And I I think he's correct. Yeah. That's really interesting. And it's, it's kind of cool. Like, you know, he was excited to make this movie because he felt like, you know, Westerns, like in his words, uh, some people for a long, 
for a while treated Westerns. And when I say for a while, I think Jake, he's in line with you of like in the nineties and two thousands, people treated Westerns like period pieces. Mm -hmm. And he's like, but they're not a period piece. It's an, it's a genre entirely of its own. Yeah. And he really sought out to like kind of try and pay homage to the Western genre, but in, you know, with modern technology and and in a new way. Yeah. Like, I think like that's even more evidenced in like, there are movies that are not at all period pieces that are considered Westerns, like no country for old men or even star Wars. Right. uh, That you would probably, would get put into the Western genre. Is star Wars a Western? uh, A lot of people will call star, like a new hope at least we'll call that a Western. Mm. And Space I, Western. And I would imagine yeah. Solo probably also fits kind I haven't of seen in a Solo. Western. Solo felt like, um, a, yeah, it was trying to be a Western. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I watched about and, 15 minutes of Solo and turned it off. And Mandalorian, Mandalorian is, for sure. a, yeah. like, Mandalorian, like, uh, what Favreau has said multiple times, that, like, Mandalorian is a Western. It's so yeah. influenced by everything. Oh, Western, yeah. 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 And that's why I, I've been kind Very of... Very Sergio Leone. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I love every bit of it. I like the Mandalorian a lot and I've, I've been enjoying it. I haven't watched any of this season yet. Oh, it's you guys both good. like it. Really? Oh yeah. I haven't watched it I'm yet either because I'm, I'm waiting to binge it. Like yeah. I, with season two, I couldn't handle the wait in between. So I'm, I'm literally you know, just waiting. To I, binge didn't, it. I didn't enjoy it really at all. I like, Oh really? Yeah. You watched I just the first season. I did just watch the first season. Mandalorian I, yeah, is like some it. of my favorite star Wars content, I think. Uh, but I, I also, I didn't think that we'd get to the point where I'm like, man, I there's, there's too much Star Wars out there. I'm a little bit like, can we take a break? Uh, which is, I think, why I haven't watched The Mandalorian yet. Um, but I kind of like the return to weekly release television in some places where like, I feel like when you drop a whole season of something, like you don't, there you lose the social aspect of TV. Where like, I remember when Game of Thrones was coming out, I would come into work on a Monday and then... And when everybody on my team got in, we'd it's be a like, water cooler show. Yeah. yeah. Like, did you watch Game of Thrones? And we would talk about Game of Thrones for like probably 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, but when you, when a, when a season drops, it's like, well, I only watched five episodes. Well, I finished it and you just can't talk about it. Or you finished it in a week. And so two weeks later, you're already watching something else. And so it just feels significant for such a shorter amount of time. Yeah. So like, I like, I, I think there are certain shows that like, I, I like both. But I am enjoying the 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 return to weekly TV. That's awesome. Uh, well, uh, the last thing that that I really thought about this that I wanted to talk about was the uh, like the the line between like really intense drama and action that this movie I feel like toes because there are times where I'm like I'm watching an action movie. And then there are long stretches of time where I'm like, I'm not watching an action movie, you know, like uh-huh. you think about it. There's only a couple like the stagecoach sequence um, and then maybe the shootout at the end and the the uh, railway chase sequence like those three are really like high packed action sequences with a lot of in camera effects and executed really well. And it's like a like a cowboy shoot 'em up kind of a thing, but then there are these long sequences where we're just sitting around a campfire, or we're sitting in the hotel room, and it's just character driven dramatic exposition that is really compelling to me. And it's fun for me that a movie can do both of those things so well, and it feels seamless. Like it doesn't feel like you know. And I I, I feel like you guys will disagree, considering. The, some of the westerns that I've picked and that I've liked, but I feel like that is like a hallmark of a very good western. No, I I completely agree with you. That my thought was like that feels appropriate to the western genre. Yeah, where like like and I, I, maybe that's why one of the reasons why this movie worked for me, where other two thousands movies didn't. But I I feel like that is like there there's action and then there's a lot of not action, and both of them feel right and natural. That's a good point. You're probably right about yeah. that. Uh, yeah, it's just like Too Fast, Too Furious. <laughs> Classic Western. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? Okay, actually, I did have one last thing. Alan Tudyk. I forgot he was in this movie. He I doesn't have a huge role, but mm-hmm. he does such a good job in that role. I like Alan he Tudyk. He still has a bigger role than Luke Wilson. 
That's true. <laughs> and I also totally forgot it. Until that, I was like, is that Luke Wilson? Wait, where that, was Luke why Wilson? Luke Wilson, Wilson was in the mine. Yeah. Yeah. Or, uh, and I, I had On that the railroad. Moment. Yeah. But I, I was. Um, he was the guy shocking. Yeah. He's the guy oh, where he's yeah. like uh, at that moment, but I was on a plane and so I couldn't Google it and I was like that that can't be Luke. and then he and then he dies. I'm like, there's no way that Luke Wilson was in that small of a role. And then I, I landed and it was the first thing I did was I Googled the the I looked up the IMDB to find Luke Wilson. You guess some sort of posse? <laughs> Crazy. Luke Wilson's posse. one of those people that I just can't take serious. Really? Yeah. How often are you needing to take him seriously. I feel like more often than not, he's like in comedies. Yeah. Yeah. Did you but take him like, seriously in Royal Attendant Bombs? Scott doesn't remember It's Royal so Attendant hard Bombs. to remember. You liked it. I'll he, remind you that. I think I liked it more than some of the other that he, he's directed. I don't, wouldn't say I liked it. He was, I, you said you liked it. Luke Wilson. Did I say that? I celebrate Royal Attendant Bombs. Did. Yeah. was okay. the tennis player and he was always wearing a sweatband. That, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, I, no, but like even in some of his comedies, he plays like the straight guy. Yeah, he does. He usually plays the straight man. In and in, even though it's like, I'm like, you're such like a goober. Like, yeah, yeah. he just like strikes me as a goober, like who he is and like idiocracy. Uh-huh. Right. I'm, like that. that's how I just see him. Yeah. You know, I don't think I've seen idiocracy. Oh, I, I don't know either. if that's worth oh. a podcast nom, but uh, I, I know it's I mean, famous. It's, I like it's, it's a really big. I feel like movie, it's kind of, but iconic. it's not good. Yeah, okay. yeah, it's yeah. not good. I mean, I'll I'll nom it. I should have done it this year to just throw it in with all my trash bags. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you ran out of room. I ran out of room because there's so many. I'm Fast too and invested movies. in the FCU. I wouldn't. Have what would you do if I got the all the way to the end and I the last one? I just was like, nah, I'm done. I, I mean, would thank God. I'll be honest. I'd be frustrated. I wouldn't watch the last one if you didn't pick it. I would thank God that I didn't have to oh, we're, watch we're it. Doing I guess it. like unless something really changes this year. Like I, I was thinking about this last night about how much worse it is that we're not uh, that I'm not watching all the Fast and the Furiouses in like a month. Like 2023 <laughs> is the year of Fast and Furious for me. That's so much better. It's to so me. much better to me than yeah, like trying I, to watch them all. Like I don't know. Like I feel like like if I watched them and I'm like I'm gonna watch the Fast and the Furious and it was over. You know, like we oh, could. but like I don't no. want I don't no. want that because. I think it's funnier to do it this way, but I like when I look back on my life, if I think about 2023, I'm going to have to think about Fast and Furious at every point of 2023. I like that it's separated solely because we would run out of content to talk about so quick if we were just Ugh. doing them back to back to back. No, 100%. But we could. I don't think we'll ever have a reason to ever to do this ever again because there's no more sagas that have this many movies that we can review. Um, but like we could do like first two months are my movies, second two months are your movies. Next two months are Zach's movies. Next two months are Tyler's movies. I think that'd be a really bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> so we could just trash on one person for a month. Uh, that sounds two. that sounds like I'm going to be very hurt. <laughs> <laughs> for those two months? Yeah. Yeah, but the other six months are great. That's fair. Are well, they, though? What do you, what do you guys... Can you imagine having... Okay, I know you don't like a lot of my picks. Can you imagine having to watch all of my picks in two months? I could. It's the same as watching just one. <laughs> what? No, it's not. Yeah, that's how miserable just one of his picks is. <laughs> Scott, oh. It feels like you're watching six movies. Scott did not like next week's movie. I'm going taking it. I'm. That's what I'm guessing as well. What do you guys say we put this one in, to bed? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I got to pee pretty bad. So, all right, uh, Tyler, you're up first. Uh, I'm gonna give this. Uh. uh a 7.9 uh hands of god uh i don't know who to go to jake or zach who's gonna like at least uh zach i'll give this 7.8 cowboys <laughs> jake that was very lazy but all right i think uh it's pretty crazy that you didn't know who was you really haven't been paying attention. You didn't know who was going to like it more. I'm going to give this like an 8.2 uh, feet shot off. I did guess right then. Yeah, but you like, it's crazy that you had to think about it. What's it? 
I yeah. You didn't talk that positively about it. I immediately I was yeah, like, I like this movie, and I thought it was and a great. Zach time. didn't talk that negative. Yeah, about I, it. I sure. But there's like, only a four point discrepancy between us. Point yeah. four or point four. Yeah. But le- like, let's say like you just you know about a movie and you know that it's a western, and you're asking, does Jake or Zach like it more? I feel like more often than not, I will rate things higher than you will. Really? Yeah. You're just more forgiving. You think? I think I I nitpick less than you do. All right, that's fair. I'm going to give this 8.9 dead dads. Whoa, 8.9. He told us that he was going to rate this pretty high. He did. Oh, I must have not been listening then. Well, that's very Scott of you. It, it is. That's a that's big Scott energy right there. So this comes out to an 83%. Uh, once again, the uh, Rotten Tomatoes gave it an 89%. IMDb gave it 7.7. So we're right in the middle between the two of them at 83%. Hey, let's go. And for whatever reason, our form broke. And so we don't know what place this is. There's no way that's correct, is yeah, it? It comes out to movie number 40. Wow. Out of uh, 129. It's a good movie. Hey, that's a that's a honestly higher than I anticipated for this movie. I was pretty bummed about uh, about three billboards. And I was nervous about 310 to Yuma. At this point, it's our highest rated movie of season four. Wow. I didn't have, I didn't have very much doubt that I was going to like this movie. Like I, I had a little bit of doubt, Mm -hmm. but I figured I was going to like it. I was, I was pretty nervous and I like that. We're all, I mean, Scott's a, an impressive outlier, but the rest of us are pretty, pretty close in line with one another. All right. Well, where are we going next week? We're going to me. Uh, we're picking, I, my yearly Alfred Hitchcock movie. Dude, I think this episode is just going to be effed up.